Hello and welcome back to the Miss Amanda Chen Show. We're now in season three of the 100 Masked Men series where I anonymously interview different men from all around the world about self-identity, self-worth, and self-love. Masked Man number 70 is the uncertain man. We talk about expectations in relationships, of needing to become better to be with a more virtuous partner, the power dynamics in cheating, and the uncertainty or doubt of whether or not it's going to work out in the long run. I think the biggest learning here is realizing that we can never be certain about the future, but we gotta be certain about how we feel. Let's get into it. I hope you enjoy the show. I grew up in uh, Mississauga, Ontario. Um, I have an older brother who's five years older than me and a sister who's like 13 months younger than me. So we're like pretty close in age. My mom and dad are married but in ways like polar opposite. My dad's like upbringing, he was very, um, he has to just like figure things out on his own. Like he lived on his own when he was like 16, like moved from England, Jamaica to Canada. My mom moved from Jamaica to Canada when she was like 15, but she is more, she has more of like a type A personality. So she was like super strict with us like growing up. Like there wasn't a lot of air around her, like leeway, but like kind of had to do things by the book. And then I think my dad was just more of the, I guess, realist, or there was, there was a bit more air around him. I guess that's the best way to say it. And uh, so whenever I did something wrong or if a teacher was going to call home, like I wanted him to call my dad, like if they called my mom, it was just like, oh, I was going to be in trouble forever. But um, yeah, I grew up with both parents that I knew loved me and loved my siblings. They just showed love in different ways. And, and as I got older, I realized that they like, Receive love in different ways. But I guess, I guess when I was younger, I had a hard time with my mom because she was so strict. She was so strict, and I was just a guy like, I don't know. There's more than one way to skin a cat. I was like, yeah, some people like excel at this, but like maybe that's not a strong point. Like she was very like type A personality. Like she wanted all her kids to be. She was just hard on us. So we had a hard time growing up. As I like got older, and I realized that like she's just doing her best to just yeah raise like a young black kid growing up, black man as well growing up. She was just very, I guess, worried or fearful. So she was very hard on us in certain ways. Like my mom was just like, I didn't send you to school to like crack jokes. Or if I would do like a speech and I would start it and I would like perform it for my mom or kind of do like the rough draft. And if I started like eating my words, she was like, yeah, start from the top. As opposed to my dad would be like, yeah, that sentence doesn't make sense. But my mom was just like, it's just type A, like it had to be. And I, I'm just not a rigid person. Like even how I am now at like 29, I'm like, we all need to find our way and like choose your path. Like my mom's just like, it's different now that she's a grandma, but growing up, she's just like, yeah, like it has to be this way. And I was just, yeah, we butt heads because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think, I think I know what you mean. I, I don't know. I maybe still the type A type, but um, I definitely was the type A person for a while. And it was my way of the highway. Like that was it. It was just, it has to be done this way. And what I would say is rather than making it strict, there was just no compassion. Like there's no space. There's nothing, there's no other way, but to keep going. So yeah, it wasn't perfect. Try again, do it again. And, and having that kind of like slave master persona, you know, just like crack the whip, get it done do it again, do it better. You know, uh, there was no compassion, I think is, is the main theme. 
out of that in comparison to like, yeah, I think what you mean by being real is more or realistic is the sense that there's other options. There's openness. You know, you can you can try in a different way. It doesn't have to be only this way. Yeah. And you have to like do it over and over and over until you till you reach per- perfection. But I wonder what your training was like when you um, were playing soccer, because like, you know, that involves a lot of discipline and doing things potentially one way. So do you think that your mom kind of prepared you to be okay with that kind of discipline? Or, you know, did you learn more from your coaches? Mm, I mean, it's, yeah, I think it's weird how things worked out because I think that like that balance in those two perspectives, two parenting styles, like kind of just really shaped me to this like nice little cocktail. Because like growing up, I was I would always be like, why do I have to make my bed like every day? Like my mom would be like vexed if she came home and like my bed wasn't made like before I went to school. But like there are all these little things that were like put in place discipline that I just thought like she was being a nag for like washing dishes like literally if you ate it just had to wash it like right after like couldn't like stay in the sink for any amount of time now these are like habits and like just me being disciplined that have just like helped me be a professional in terms of it's something small like making my bed like I do every morning and I think all these little tedious things that I've had to do as a as an athlete in terms of running keeping myself fit sharp like looking after myself they're all all like tedious little tasks that you can kind of blow off similar to making your bed but I think my mom kind of I don't know if she if she knew what she was doing but she definitely like got me like sorted for like the rest of my life like now I do all these tedious little things that most of my peers hate but it also gives me like an upper hand because I don't mind the tedious things I don't mind discipline because I kind of just grew up on that Mm -hmm. What was your relationship like with other women? Did you expect that they would be as strict in their expectations of you? Great question. I think there's two parts to it. In the beginning, I think I gravitated to women who were strict or like who had their mind made up of how, of what they wanted and how they wanted things to be. And then it was maybe a bit of my immature days, like trying to fight against that maybe even taking it as a challenge, like, uh, but it comes in like different forms. But I think, yeah, more or less people that like had their mind made up and I was like, well, like you can also look at it this way and maybe like trying to like plead my case to different, to different women. I think in my latter years, like growing up, uh, I started to find people that, or gravitate towards people that were open-minded. I think that started to be one of the qualities that like I admired most like being open-minded, being understanding, like people are coming from different paths or different uh, different family lives that, that have just like, yeah, there's just differences all over. So I think I started to gravitate towards people that I described as like who had air around them. They weren't just like, it has to be this way. Things have to be done. I, I was always, even though we all have our things that like are non-negotiable, I think I really gravitated towards people that, um, had air around them, we're open to a discussion. Maybe we wouldn't change, but we're open to just like trying to understand and then vice versa as well for me. Like I, there are some things that I might have to negotiate and compromise with. So I think, uh, yeah, there's definitely two parts to that. In the beginning, I was definitely trying to, trying to, I guess, 
coerced. That's a that's a big word, but I think we'll go with that. Women to kind of see things the way I would see them or change their perspective. But I think as I've gotten older, I've just I really enjoy coming to a common ground with someone and having someone. Yeah, I think there's a lot of forcing in whether it's coercing or whatever, like forcing either being forced into understanding them or forcing them to understand you, right? And there's just it's a constant battle. And then eventually you're like, let's just let go of this and yeah, you know, try to be on the same page. So was there a tipping point? Was there a certain relationship with someone that kind of helped you break free from that desire to, you know, force your opinions or be forced onto them? Yeah, absolutely. There's one particular where it's just like, I wanted to be a, a specific person for this person. And I realized that like, that's just not me being authentic. That's me wanting to be some cookie cutter person that isn't me. Like it, it wasn't even um, the best parts of me. So it ends up not even being remotely close to who you are. So I think for me, it made a standard of like, I need to grow and I need to get better and I need to like strive to be a better person. I also have to be real, like within myself and my state. Like I can't, I can't fake. People do this all the time. They like describe someone that they want. They're like, yeah, I want, like, I want this characteristic. And these characteristics aren't even the things that you would need or like gravitate towards. It's just something you put in your head. Um, so for me, I had to really do some thinking and like some time alone. Um, I remember there was like a point, like I didn't, um, I didn't like have sex for like a year. Like I was literally like, I need to figure out what I'm gonna do and like who I'm gonna be with or like what I'm, what I gravitate towards as opposed to just slinging my piece around. And what was the type of man that you thought you had to be? Like those descriptions. I think uh, with this particular girl, um, it was it was it was a bit of like what I thought I should have been growing up. Like in terms of like save yourself for marriage. Um, just be like, I'm, I guess, an upstanding, I do air quotes purposely, upstanding, like, young man, like, just being a good, like, guy, like, not making too many inappropriate jokes, like, kind of staying in your bubble of, like, goodness, I guess, and that just wasn't me, like, I just, like, made certain comments, and, like, I was, I always loved to joke around, and, and I loved sex, and I was just, like, I shouldn't be, like, trying to force myself into this bubble of like this is who I should be because I need to be with this type of person and this is the person that like would be good to your kids or like whatever like all this like crap that you kind of like grow up hearing and then maybe one day you believe at least I grew up here so I kind of like broke free of that and was like yeah like this what I want is cultivated right now and like what I need is like really just someone who I can be a partner with and someone who I can like can walk for me on the days I can only crawl. Like, I just want, like, a, yeah, a person, a person to, to know and to understand. I don't need all these little, like, things that I thought were valuable or that were told to me when I was younger. Is it because this person that you were with, like, you thought that you didn't deserve them and that's why you had to uphold this, like, good guy character or you thought that she was too good for you? Good question. I didn't think she was too good for me. I thought, I thought she was, like, a good girl. I think, I think that's what, like, I... Again, this sounds cocky as well, but like I knew I was like a catch in some sort of way. But um, I also, I think what in those days and when we dated, it was like 
she was good and like I was bad. Like she like so like if I was going to if we were gonna be successful, I was gonna have to take my bad ways and kind of just like ease them over to her side. I don't have to be as goody two shoes as she is, but like I need to be somewhere close that we're not polar opposites. Mm, so I think you're I saying that. more that like she's more virtuous than you and that you had to like yeah at the time I definitely thought yeah for sure and I waited that I think I waited like because she was so virtuous and so good that like because she was like that that um yeah that I was maybe bad I guess and so in a weird way I don't yeah I think I put her on a pedestal but I don't think I thought that I wasn't I think that I knew that like we were good in most respects I put her on a pedestal in terms of like she was a good girl she was like someone that like I could be with or that's someone I should be with for a while because of all these good qualities that she had Mm. so it sounds like you were really valuing those virtues that she had and then you wanted to lift yourself up to have those same virtues too to kind of be like this is the example right for sure so then after that experience, did you now realize like, okay, so I don't need to live up to these virtues to have the ideal partnership, right? So what's, um, what's an ideal partnership like for you now? An ideal partnership is someone who, whose highlights are like amazing, but whose lowlights don't make you run. So someone basically like you, you love like authentically. And I think someone who can there's just support within your relationship, whether it's um, me being an athlete or her in her career. It's just like genuine support. There's not, it's not self-seeking, it's no ego. And obviously an ego is like something that is like, it takes work. Like every day you're trying to kill it or diminish it bit by bit. But I think just being, for me, it's really not so complicated. I think it's just being with someone who supports you, who seeks to like understand you. And is um, willing to be down for like the changes that may come, whether it be personally or just the changes in like the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's that's a decent start. So I know you're saying it really simply. So what makes that complicated, in your opinion, when when men and women interact with each other, that makes it hard to establish that. I think it's the idea of like what we need and what we want. I think people like even the stuff they say that they want if they really ask like do they really want it it's like kind of what I was saying from before like I have this list of things that like my lady or my wife or wife to be or fiance she needed to have when like really I don't I could care less about that like being authentic about like what it is that you want and um going against that and I think a lot of people especially men and women nowadays in my opinion is just what they're coming with is not authentic they're coming with like this this fairy tale. Well, I'm like this, but you're actually not like that. Like just come with the real, the real McCoy. Tell me like who you really are. And not even tell me that, but like show me that. And then we make adjustments along the way. So just like be authentically who you are and then ask the same in return. And then you have a chance. I think that's like, yeah, I think that's like probably the biggest thing I would say. Okay. So I... I think before I used to come with a pretty big mask on, you know, and then if you're wearing a mask, I'm wearing a mask, like no one's authentic and you're never going to know 
what's behind anybody, right? And, and maybe no one ever takes off the mask. And as as I've been traveling for the last like half year, I've been telling people a different story, which is probably a more authentic story of just the fact that like I'm here, I'm doing a podcast, I'm interviewing people, I'm writing. That's kind of all I'm doing. And then if I were to speak to people more, eventually I would let them know about my business, my status, you know, everything back at home that kind of in society, I guess, carries more weight. And that's usually when I lose people because they thought that I was this other like kind of free spirited traveling person. And then they realize like, oh, this person is like kind of a big deal. And I, I try to avoid even talking about that, you know, but I feel like you, you can't separate because eventually people will find out and then they'll feel cheated. They'll be like, even if you started off with your authentic self and then you kind of be like, oh yeah, PS, like I have all these things, these material things that people value more money, success, power, whatever, you know, and, and then people can't trust like, which one are you? So I don't think it's as easy as saying like, oh, let me show up authentically because you can, but if the other person has made a judgment on you, or decided like you're more or less worthy to them in whatever way, based on what you have, even if you talk about it or not. Right. So how do you get around, around that? I'm sure like in, in your travels, you know, in, in being an athlete, like people might put an expectation on you before knowing you, or maybe they know you first. And then afterwards they're like, Oh shit, I didn't know you were an athlete. Like, no wonder you act like this, blah, blah, blah. You know? And then just like dump that expectation. Right. How do you kind of deal with that? Has that ever happened to you where people just kind of like put their judgment onto you? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like, that's going to happen um, probably to anyone, but that's definitely happened in just, I guess, the realm that like we live in as athletes, I guess. Like as soon as you walk into a room, you're already kind of like summed up a bit as well. And I was like, I have my career in a country that predominantly white and it's just like, in my opinion, socialist. Like I was in Denmark for six years and like already being black, there's just like so many stereotypes that come with it. So before I even open my mouth, it's just like, you're probably a Muslim, like when your parents aren't together or you don't have a good education or it's just all these things like pumped in already. Or like soccer is basically my only means of like, I guess making money or like having a career. So yeah, I took I took pride in the fact that like, yeah, there's more to me than maybe what meets the eye. But it it is kind of annoying that you always kind of in, in the back of your mind have to like show who you are when other people just get to be. They don't really have to. They're not on an interview. Like, and I'm sure you can like attest to that. Like, you say what you do, and like, yeah, you're already like in a certain bubble, and you're just like, yeah, I just want to be Amanda. So like, I I can attest to that um, for sure. Well. In, in relation to that, so when I, when I would tell people that like, I'm, you know, this writer, I have this podcast and I, I talk a lot about gender linguistics and, and how we're not really communicating our true selves because, you know, we're all wearing masks and stuff like that. And then I learn obviously about people, what they do, what they're striving for, what their goals are. And, you know, working as a coach, I'm like, okay, well, these are, these are just goals to get you there and to get out of your way to get to those goals. But they're just goals, right? They're not really anything about you. So it's more 
what is the reflection about you and how you achieve those goals than checking the goal off the list, right? Because you can you can check goals off the list forever. I don't need to be there to make you reflect on that. Yeah. Um, but when I would then say like, if I get into an intimate relationship with someone trying to be a man for me, I'm, I'm just like, you're never going to be a man for me in the, in the way that you want to, as in like, I'm never going to need you. I'm never going to be, you're never going to make more money than me. You're never going to be more successful, more powerful than me because my self-worth is this, is how much I value myself. And I think that's when it turns into a problem because a lot of men that I meet want to be the dominant figure in the relationship, right? They want to be like, I, I provide for her. I do this, da, 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 da. And, you know, there is this intrinsic need to feel needed with a partner. And that like, I'm struggling to give that because I can give you love. I can give you compassion. I can give you like, you know, equality. I, I don't believe that we need to need each other in the sense that like, I can't live without you or I'm, I'm nothing without you kind of thing. I think that's dangerous, but I think there is an intrinsic desire or at least traditionally how masculine traits were defined is to, you know, dominate a woman or be able to provide for her. So the confusion I think out of that is the, the role of men in my life now. So what would you say to that? Cause if you meet a girl and you're just like, Oh shit, this girl's like got all her shit together, blah, blah, blah. That's why I try not to do that. Cause I don't want to get there. But then when we do, and we start looking at each other's bank accounts or we start talking about what we have and this and that, I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to compete with you because we're just not, it's apples and oranges. So it doesn't matter. But yeah. then when it turns into that, you're like, well, but really like how, how much is your business doing? And I'm like, we don't, we can't talk like this. I think, um, for someone like you who is like successful and like you can obviously is like intelligent who like thinks for herself, self-aware, like you have like a lot of plus, sorry, a lot of good qualities. I think that, I think any dude that you're getting into a conversation with and it's about like status and it sounds so bleak and like morbid, but like any dude you're talking to about status and this and that and like it's hidden as ego is just not the dude. Like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I just think like nowadays is like, for me as a man, I will always want to provide, right? I will always want to like seek out ways to make you happy, right? Seek out different ways. But that looks differently. That doesn't mean that I just provide for you and like, here, let me give you whatever, five bills so you can go out shopping. Like that is not the only way I can provide for you. Like that is impossible. There's so many ways that like people like feel heard, like feel loved. Like there's, it's impossible to be like, financially or me just being like this alpha male whatever that means like looking out for you like it's impossible there's no way that is the only way I think what a lot of dudes have a problem with is really zoning in on someone else and figuring out and refiguring because it's not just like oh you figured it out and then it's like that because people are forever changing and like the more you know like the less you actually know so it's just like you might figure out what works now and like six months later it's totally different of what a woman might need or a person might need so I think I would tell you if you're like my homie and you're my friend I'd be like yeah these guys are like at least like have a a certain appetite to try to get to know who you are authentically then they're just not the person and if I could talk to those guys who are talking to you I would say try to find ways 
to connect, which is like, like let your ego die. Like try to find ways to connect with just Amanda, like just her, like not about what she does or like what she makes or all these other things that actually really don't matter. Like when you're stuck in a pandemic and you're with someone every day for 24 hours, like your bank account doesn't matter. It matters like what they like, what they don't like, like what makes them laugh, like what, like who they are as a person. So I just think we've had the biggest wake up call the past like year and a half in terms of, yeah, of course there's been like economic struggle and there's, that's been heightened as well. Like, oh yeah, save or, or, you know, live your life, whatever. But actually like being with someone like a true essence of a person is like, you. I want to know that if we had another lockdown, whoever's by my side is someone that like I can wake up to, I could go to bed to, and like we could argue in the middle of the day, but it doesn't mean that we're throwing stuff at each other. We're still respecting each other. And like, we're still finding ways to like find new ways to love each other. That was a huge rant, but. Um... <laughs> how, how do you let go? How do you let your ego die though? Cause I think like ego is such a definer you know like some people like love their ego because it's like this is this is who I am like I am this like aggressive provider whatever type person because of my ego so how are are you going to let that go and then be like oh this is me because it's is it me yeah I'm I'd be hypocritical to tell you that like I've mastered it absolutely not I will say I'm getting better at it every day and there's all these little things that like we've been like taught or whatever, you know? And I could say even like being like a younger brother to my older brother, like there are certain things that like a man or like a guy is supposed to do and like girls aren't supposed to do. That's a whole another thing that we can get into, but it's like relearning all these little things. And that's just like really based, like it stems from your ego, right? Like, 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 a, okay, I'll, this one's really easy, I guess. Like a man, a man could cheat on a woman and it means something totally different than a woman cheating on a man. And again, that's just like, that's, that's, excuse my friend, it's fuckery. Like, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. That's just ego again. But it's just all these things that we do. So I think it's constantly like challenge yourself to like check your ego and know that you have it and know that it's like, it's a part of you, but you don't have to die with it. Like, you can literally, like, you can feel what you feel, think about it, and still make like a rational decision or speak about something like, um, like emotions are just feedback. Like you feel it, but it doesn't mean that you have to like act on that. Mm-hmm. I've, I like that you brought up the cheating thing because this is interesting to me for a man to cheat on a woman. Is it more or less effort for a man to cheat on a woman versus a woman to cheat on a man? Logistically. Is it less effort for a man to cheat on a woman or for a yeah. woman to cheat on a man? Cause I think there's more options for women. There's more men yeah, that are sure. really- you guys, you guys set the tone of what's going <laughs> to pop off. Right? That's so if, if it's less effort for women to cheat, how come more men are cheating? Because more men are cheating, like numbers wise, more men are cheating, even though it takes them more effort. So if it takes them more effort to cheat, more of them are doing it. How come they're saying it doesn't matter as much when apparently, you know, it's abundant for women to cheat. There's always a guy that's around that's available that wants to. And how come that's more significant when technically there's just like so much more in the pool? See, this is why I said when we originally spoke that you're a type of person that I could talk to for like eight hours. <laughs> um, it's because conversations like this or a topic, subject matter like this. But I think with men and like, I agree with you in terms of it's so easy for a woman to cheat because like, 
y'all the prize. So like, if you want right. to be with someone, you can probably be with someone. And so I just have to say this because I live by this. I hate when girls tell me that they have game because like you don't have game. You're like, like make, there's like a select few that might have game, but like at the end of the day, you just control the tempo. You control how things are gonna move, in my opinion. But whatever. You wanna disagree with that? I don't. I don't agree. Yeah, I disagree. Okay. I yeah. That. I don't. Okay. Well, we'll get into Here that one after. But you tell me about the cheating thing. Like, if if you agree that women can can cheat easier it's like not a lot of effort for them to find a man they can just go outside right a man has to go outside go find the woman go like co- like convince her that he's a good man blah 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 whatever get permission from her and then cheat you know like it's a whole situation so if he if he has to go through all of these layers of effort how can he say it doesn't mean anything yeah he can't he really can't like i'm i'm speechless i think like yeah, you know, you're right. I think what's exciting about that is if it takes you so much effort to go seek a new woman, go create a relationship with her, go create some kind of intimacy connection, go, you know, tell her about your situation, have her consent to being to cheating, maybe or maybe not. You know, there's like a, a whole thing that has to go on with this third party just to escape having the conversation with whoever your actual partner is, that you're willing to do all of that effort instead versus with women they can go outside and and get their fix literally just walk outside but they would rather go through speaking to their partner talking about feelings figuring it out so why do you think men run away to cheating and put in all that effort in something else instead of you know what really matters to them Mm. i i think um again, ego, but we escape certain things. I think that, like, I don't want to go with, like, women having, like, I, I don't want to speak for all women, but I just think that, like, maybe y'all are better at addressing issues, talking about, I guess, the gooky stuff that maybe you wouldn't want to talk about. Men, we have a tendency to just act blindly and not really think. And the thing is, like, we can know, we can know right from wrong, which is, like, morally, like, everyone knows good and bad, right from wrong. But to actually take the time of, like, what I want and to, like, actually say that, it's just easier to act. So I think, like, a lot of men, like, doing all the, the hard stuff, having those hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, saying that, like, you know, right now being monogamous with you, I love you, but it's just, it's hard for me. It's difficult because I've chased women for so long or I'm still really attracted to other people. Like, those conversations are really hard. And I think sometimes, too, um, especially with me in my past, I've, like, I've had a hard time telling the truth to someone because the truth is oftentimes painful. So, like, I'd be truthful about the truthful things that didn't hurt. But any truthful thing that, like, could potentially hurt, I was like, let's, like, speed over this one. Like, maybe let's not, <laughs> not, let's not address this issue. Which one is something that would hurt? Okay, so I described to you before the relationship I was in where I was, like, trying to be a good two-shoes. And that was because she was a good girl, but, like, I loved, like, women. Like, I loved, like, having conversations I love like being out with different girls and it wasn't always on like a sexual like level it was just like I hung out with my boys all the time so like to have a conversation with a woman it just it just meant more you know what I mean it had more of an impact like I I learned more about her or myself or like even the world like I I felt like and I was obviously too at a younger age when I was like 19 or 20 
So it was like when I was much younger, but I felt like guys were kind of like closed off, but like women were just like ready to to speak or yeah, be heard. They're kind of just conversing. What's an example of something like a topic that would hurt that you okay. wanted to avoid? Yeah. Um, that you like, that you find other women attractive or that you're attracted to other women or that like maybe that you would think about other women or that like you, I think a conversation that would hurt most girls or most people in a relationship is that like not so much on the sexual side but just like you love this person but like how do you know that that person is your person like how do you talk to your person about the fact that sometimes doubt if they're the person you know what I mean without that hurts their feelings like on the spot does it because isn't that just the truth I mean again this is like stuff that I've also told myself for so many years in terms of like I'm a bit better now of like actually having a conversation and not like assuming but like if you're growing up like a lot of conversations that I didn't have with girls were because I assumed and I was actually right most of the time but it doesn't matter I assumed that like what I was the subject matter was gonna hurt them but it's just like when you grow up you can't spare people you gotta come with the facts and like you gotta make sure that you're able to like say the truth I mean I used to think of this and I'd be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to hurt this person. So I'm not going to say this, or I don't want to like create an argument. So I'm not going to say this. And I'm like, who am I? How dare I think I know what this person's going to think or respond? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who am I to assume this, that they're going to, they're going to be hurt that, Ooh, I'm going to spare their feelings, you know? So I had to check myself and be like, I'm just going to drop truth bombs and they're going to react the way that they react. And who cares? Cause now it's not my responsibility anymore. Look at how much responsibility you end up carrying on the sake of others because you assume that they're going to feel a certain way and then you'll never get your truth out. So what is a topic that m- you might think is painful to talk about now, today? I still think the same thing. I still think, um, or not even so much attractive because I guess that's natural, but I think in terms of like uh, doubting a relationship that you're in and maybe like, being intrigued by someone else. I think that's like a dagger to the heart. Again, that's how I feel. And I think also maybe a conversation that would be hard to have is one of the sexual nature in terms of like, there are certain things that maybe I might need or would like, or I'm curious about, but you have to be kind of very maybe selective or strategic how you like bring that up. You just don't want to hurt people's feelings. Okay. So how would you have that conversation? Have you tried? I mean, yeah, I have, and I was very delicate and strategic, but I think like sex and intimacy is like super important to me. So it's easier for me to have this conversation, but I guess when I'm speaking to you about it, I'm like, I'm like grouping in like teammates or friends that I've had that are like, yeah, like have talked to me about certain things and like I've said what I've said, but I didn't know if that would work. I was just like, well, be, be yourself and say what you had to say. But I remember like one one conversation in particular where it's just like going down that certain path of just like monotony and not really like feeling was just not me because like in- intimacy is just like it should just be free you know and like flow and like obviously it takes two to tango but like it's something needs to be addressed because it just wasn't free it wasn't flowing so it's just like I, I don't want to do something that feels forced or monotonous or that doesn't feel like um organic that's probably the best word so yeah I had that conversation and and 
No, it didn't go great, but it didn't go as horrible as I thought it would. So if you're unsure of being in a relationship with someone, isn't that already the answer to not be in a relationship with that person? Or like which part is, because don't you think that's unfair to that person? Uh, you're holding that I don't know. I, I think, okay, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay, do you think that like doubt makes your face stronger? Yes, I do. Okay, so that's how I feel in this particular thing. I feel like, I don't feel like I want to leave and run and be with someone else. Mm-hmm. But I doubt that like, are me and you going to do this 40, 50, 60, 70 years? I know they're just days, like added on and days and days and days. But like, are we really going to do this dance? So like, it's kind of like, I guess that whole doubt can make fear stronger. For sure. I mean, doubt can make your face stronger for sure. I feel like it's one of those type of things. Like, it's like a little bit of a whirlwind. Like I doubt, but like you go through the bit of the doubt and then we bounce back up and you get a bit more stronger, more stronger. You get a bit stronger with your face. So, I mean, I think it's a slight word switch, like rather than doubting, because doubting is you're assuming not, is this uncertainty, the unknown, right? So okay. you don't okay. even know if you're going to be alive tomorrow, right? So you can be uncertain about that, but you can love life, right? Okay. So if you're uncertain about the duration of your relationship, you can love that relationship, right? And, and have faith that, cool, it lasts until tomorrow. Who knows? But you're happy. You're living in love during that time. The thing that you said earlier, though, is like you're doubting whether or not this person's the one because you're attracted to other people. Or maybe you might be attracted to people in the future. That's, that's, a, that's a question on your ego on options. Because you might not be certain about the future of your relationship, but you've got to be certain about your feelings. And if you're not certain about your feelings, then I would say it's unfair to be in that relationship. What's that? Definitely. So you can't be uncertain about your feelings. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> which one is it? <laughs> well said. Definitely well said. This is a question for you. Like, how much do you spend thinking about the certainty of your feelings versus how much do you think about the certainty of whether you guys are going to last based on whatever material things you know when you say it like that um that's not someone that's not something that i could say most people or even myself like put a lot of effort in the certainty of your feelings um just because you get caught in like the whirlwind of it you get caught in like the hype or what maybe things are supposed to look like but then i get this is another thing too mm-hmm. that like Feelings come and go. Like there'll be times where like your person's your person. You're like, I have a dope chick. She's a dope person. And then you're like the same person 48 hours later. You're like, you're just like, like you ate something bad. You're just looking at it like, uh. and that's like, that's natural, right? But I feel like you kind of have to withstand those seasons or those feelings. That's just like a normal part of life. That is what it is. It's crazy because I always used to compare like relationships and then my professional career because there are those days where it was like two degrees, like snow and like sleet and we only have to run and it was just running and like a hard training where someone asked me, I love football, I'd say yes. But like I hated that day. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. I still love what I do. And I would use that same analogy and I was like, that's how like I have to be active in like my love. Because even on a day where, like, 
I guess with the snow in your face and the wind's blowing, you're just like, what the hell am I doing? You still love the person. You still like love the end goal. You still love like the journey you're on. But like in that very moment on that day, it's not your, it's not your favorite place to be. Mm-hmm. And that's normal. That's okay. That's normal. Yeah. And like, that's, I think the difference between feeling a ways in the moment and love, like love should be there consistently regardless right? Like you're certain about that love. Feelings come and go, right? All right. I want to wrap up with a couple questions for you. So what were your first impressions of me when we first spoke before this interview? And what were they now after the interview? My first impression of you when we first spoke, like when you wrote to me or when we talked on the phone? Both, I guess. Yeah. Okay, I thought what you were doing was super interesting when you wrote to me. I was like, wow, the subject matter, I'm like, top notch. Now, when we spoke, I was, honestly, I was like, want to talk to you for hours. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, I want to pick your brain. Yeah, for sure. I want to pick your brain. I want to just, like, you seem like a person that, like, I could, like, go out with and just, like, kick it with and, like, have a good time, like, good conversation. And just, like, you seem really open, which I appreciate. And what do I think now? I think the same things. I think that I would still like love to like talk to you for like a long time just because you're very open. You have a nice like outlook on life. And that's just not because I agree with you on some of the things you said. It's just like, I guess back to what I said earlier in the conversation in terms of just talking to someone who's understanding and open. That's just like a big thing for me. That's present in you. So I think yeah, I think now the probably the only difference is I would love to like, like I would love to just like I guess I don't know unpack a bit more about you because we talked about me for so long, but I guess that's obviously not a part of the hundred unmasked men series. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Okay, so last question to you is: out of everything that we talked about, we talked about a lot of things. So, is there anything that jumped out at you that you would like to invite another man? To elaborate on further in another episode on the show. Ooh. I think the thing that stuck out the most maybe would be being certain with your feelings. And I guess the work that would take to know that you're certain about someone. I would love for you for the the next unmasked man that you ask him what 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 would it look like to do the work to be certain about your feelings? I think that's like, because I'm going to ask myself once I get off the phone with you, like, what? Like, because you feel a certain way, but, like, how to be certain in those feelings? Like, how do you, like, live in that realm of, like, certainty? I don't know. That's, like, that's a complex question. But I feel like yeah. something along those lines. You know, it's funny. Um, I I went on this, like, 10-day silent meditation retreat in, in Mexico. Um, and I was seeing this guy long distance that I met in Tulum, and we were, like, dating for a little bit. And, um, you know, I said, like, blow up my phone, you know, like, just send me messages every day, and then I'll see you in 10 days, right? And 10 days later, I didn't have a boyfriend anymore. Like, he just full on just ghosted me. He just uses, used that moment to, like, detach, right? Because he wouldn't hear from me. It's pretty easy to do. And when I left, I was like, cool, this guy's not talking to me. I'm not going to, like, talk to him, like, send him a million thousand messages, right? So I sent him a bunch of messages. He's not excited to talk to me on my first day out. That's that's my answer. So I thought clearly this guy's going through something. I have no idea what it is because he's not communicating with me. So I'm going to send him a letter. 
So like I, I physically wrote a love letter because I was like, the love is not gone. You know, I know how he feels about me. I know how I feel about him. Whatever he's going through, he's made that decision that something else is more important right now or he can't talk about his feelings right now. So I wrote this love letter to just be a reminder of like the love that we have. And I mailed it out from Mexico. And then I read that letter out recently, like this week to two of my girlfriends. I was just catching up with them, having FaceTime and whatever. And then they were like, so do you still feel the same way? Because, you know, I would, I would say that I felt like that when I first was dating this guy, but you know, now it's been like a good month or so, like kind of over this guy, you know, you just don't feel the same way. Like, are you embarrassed that you wrote this letter? Like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? Normally I would have said, yes, I don't feel this way anymore, but no, like I still a thousand percent love this guy to death. You know, like I, everything. And, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I never see him again, because all I needed to know was that love is real. And if it lasted for two seconds or two years or 20 years, you know, like just be certain about what you feel about love. And I think that's maybe the first time I like lived properly in love, I'd say. So it's worth it for as long as it is or isn't, you know, but it's, it's all of it. It's got the pain, the pleasure, the happy, the sad, the awkward moments, like every single aspect. And then that makes you truly feel alive because otherwise you're only chasing pleasure. Oh, I'm attracted to that person, attracted to that person. It's just so surface level. So yeah, I would say if you do find a pure love like that, there shouldn't be anything else. The only thing is your fear of something that, that great. Like, I think we're more afraid of our greatness than we are of failure of it not working out. I agree. What a breakthrough conversation. How can you be certain about your feelings? What does that actually feel like that without a doubt, you know, what feels true to your heart? I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did and you take a minute to really think about how you feel and whether or not you can be certain about those feelings. Make sure to subscribe and if you'd like to be on the show or know of someone with a unique perspective, slide into my DMs at Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram and I'll see you next Wednesday with more episodes of The 100 Masked Men.